0: Spawn on Me is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Proconco, y'all. What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Spawn on Me podcast with Khalif Adams. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. I hope y'all doing really, really well out in all the places that you reside shout out to the folks who are coming through on the live show shout out to everybody coming through replay duck what up glenny two shoes what up a lot of first timers coming into the chat a lot of new folks coming to the chat a lot of returning champions coming to the chat tonight here on twitch.tv slash one of me i'm looking extra fluffy if you are missing The live show here. You're listening to this in audio form. First of all, thank you so much for subscribing to the show. Thank you so much for being a part of our collective family. Thank you for being so. uh, Thank you for being a part of all of the festivities, all the goodness that's happening here on Spawn on Me. But you are missing right now how my beard is on fluff levels that is unseen right now. It is right now, it looks like someone threw like all of the shed that comes from a, a well-groomed dog onto my face. <laughs> it is fluffy, it is beautiful. The grays are looking real good. It is looking real nice. Shout out to Lord Navarone up in the chat, coming and hanging out with us tonight. Um. Massive love to everybody who's here. Massive love to you all at home for listening. Uh, It's always a pleasure to be able to do the show for all of you because I love doing this work. I love being a part of this community. I love the video game industry. And I get a chance to be my own little part of all of this with the work that I get a chance to do here on Spawn On Me. Um, It has been a really interesting week. It's been an actually like pretty kind of long week. You know, I missed you all for the 4th of July holiday. It was like, you know, playing the game of gunshots and, and. fireworks over here in Portland not knowing what was going on but it was pretty great. Uh I had a really good holiday. I hope you had a safe holiday as well. Um and this week is starting off pretty hot and heavy. Lots of stuff kind of coming into the the space. A lot of ramp up is happening for the spawny. Spawny stuff is starting to galvanize and starting to move uh, in that space which is awesome. Um and it's just been a really fun and great week so far. I mean, it's it's Monday. Mondays are Mondays. We're recording this show a little bit late. Usually the show would be out by now, but this one's going to come out a little bit later this evening, so you'll be able to catch it Tuesday morning. Um, but, you know, I think everything has been pretty good. You know, I had the house to myself. Uh, my wife went camping. I think there's a thing that people do, when they have a spot for themselves for the first time, well, not for the first time. Before, like you know, you're not used to getting the spot for you for yourself. Like you're used to kind of just coming through and hanging out, and you know everybody's home and all the people who you usually live with are just in the spot, but. There's a freeing moment when you have like the crib to yourself, walk around bucket naked, just be doing things. just be hanging out, putting your legs on things. You ain't got no business putting your legs on drinking beer in your, in your underwear, like stuff that has no real purpose, but, you know, it's the thing that you wind up doing in that space. Uh, you got, you got, you got to let yourself live. You got to give yourself time to kind of do your thing. Um, in the chat, really quick, I want to give acknowledgement to this. Uh, Jay Merton says, "Hey, Khalif, give a little shout out to Dim at GYF Teddy Dim. He's having a, a tough time, and I bet he can use the love." Yo, Dim, wherever you may be, wherever you are. Um, I hope that you listen to this episode too. You know, because there is, you know, we're having our, we're bringing back our, um, welcome to the cookout segment. And I think the words that will be in that segment from somebody who I love and adore and, um, is, is really important to me will resonate with you. But if you don't listen to the show and you just listen to this part, hopefully, you know, Jay Martin, Jay Martins will will clip this for you. I want you to know that you are an amazing human being. You are loved. There are people on this planet who care for you. You are trying your best. You are trying to figure out what you can do. Uh, We all are. No one is alone in that as a part of the human experience. And I want you to understand that we're giving you love here at Spawn on Me. I'm sending you love and sending you good vibes. I hope that the tough time turns around for you. I hope that you are finding good space for yourself. And I hope that, you know, the thing I'm learning uh, as being an old fart is that the, the the usual tough times don't stick around super, super long. And even when they do, there's always a space to kind of either look at the bright side of a thing, flip that negative into a positive or find some good energy for yourself. So Dim, wherever you may be, wherever you are, know that I'm giving you love, sending you good vibes and hoping that you are doing okay. The Monkey D Willie asks, can I bring banana pudding to the cookout? Only if you put vanilla wafers in it. It's the only well. as the only way that banana pudding can rock uh, on Team Adams. Um, is it needs some vanilla wafers in it um, because vanilla wafers are mad underrated. People front of vanilla wafers like they're not the one of the best cookies on the planet. But those joints are great because they one are a cookie, two could almost be a biscuit, three go really good in pudding, and four. You can dip them joints in milk and they still taste good, so that's my thing. My favorite. Co- let's see, now I'm getting all the cookie questions in the chat. The my my cookie answer is because someone was like, "Oh man, no chessman cookies." I, see, okay, so this is gonna go down a real bad rabbit hole. My favorite, um, uh, God, because uh, who makes the chessman cookies? I can't think of it right now. Uh, It's the same fakes who make Milano cookies. Milano cookies. Who is it? Why can't I think of it? Pepperidge Farm. Wow. Why can't I think of Petra's Farm? I'm a crap person. I forgot. My favorite cookies are Pepperidge Farm's uh orange milano cookies if you ever want like people are like hey khalif i hear that y'all as a news journalist be out here and y'all be getting free stuff all over the place and, and, and people be sending you stuff for free and they be bribing you with, with free gifts and free stuff and da 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 look i've been in this space for almost 12 years now <clears throat> There's no way you can bribe me to give me, you know, points for coverage, all that kind of stuff. The only way you might get through is if you hook a brother up with some Pepper's Farm Orange orange Milano cookies. That might be a way to get me on your side in a different way. I come cheap when it comes to sweets. So I don't know. That might be a thing. Anyway, we're gonna get into the show proper. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to my nonsensical rant, nonsensical conversations on some of that stuff. We have a lot of stuff to get into. The first thing we're gonna dig into for this episode, episode four forty one of the Spawn on Me Podcast, is the four one one. up on this episode of Spawn on Me in the 411 is we're talking about Ubisoft's not new game, Skull and Bones, the game that thought we thought was dead, the game that we thought was gone forever, the game that we thought was never coming out ever again, their ship combat game, Skull and Bones, got a full blowout conversation. Uh, on their Twitch and YouTube channels the other day. Shout out to the fam, Youssef Maguid, who hosted it and did a phenomenal job as usual shout out to you fam salute to you always and every day um so this game i got gotten a chance to see this like years ago at e3 got my first hands on with it it looked really cool and then it went dark for a long period of time there was so many rumors about if the game was ever going to continue to come out there was talk about it being in development hell there were all these conversations about why this game wasn't flourishing and why this game that should have been in the mix and in the conversation, when we were talking about, you know, Assassin's Creed building in ship combat into their game, and this one not really feeling like it was continuing to to get a lot of push and and drive from Ubi, um, it it was a worry that a lot of people were gonna be like, yo, I don't know if this game is gonna come out. I don't know if this game is still, you know, being developed in a real way. So, we had this really full uh, really in depth, uh, 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 you know, walkthrough of gameplay and of systems and of, you know, all the minutiae of how this game is going to get down and, and be really, really fun. And I have to say, no joke, no bullshit, I'm actually really excited to see this game again. I'm excited to see where this game potentially can go. I think it's something that, you know, when I'm thinking about games that might be. Um, You know, doing something a little bit different, kind of pulling something back from, you know, seeing it pull from other, you know, series and other ideas. Um, I'm just really excited for what this potentially could be in terms of all the systems that you have to kind of employ when you're playing a game like this, like being able to farm resources for your ship, making sure that your your crewmates are going to be okay. If not, they'll mutiny uh, and they'll put out a mutiny. You know, seeing all these small things happen alongside what looked like pretty comprehensive combat made me really hype for this thing. Uh, It is something in which, you know, I think the proof will be in the pudding in terms of you know how many folks jump on this you know ship combat naval combat is something that is not something that really gets a lot of love i mean if we're talking about naval combat in, in ways that people care about, you know, I think Assassin's Creed has had a really good play on that. The only bad naval combat I've seen is the, you know, the cooking that Paris Lilly would do because that's inside your belly and that's where your naval resides. You know, that's where I play some naval combat I've seen not do well. But I think in terms of, you know, the ways that we are thinking about this game and how expansive it can be and how big it can be and how wide the the kind of experiences could be, that has me really excited. I think that is where we may see some really fun things happen in this game. And it makes me really excited because if people really pull to this and really come along for the ride in a real way, this could have that Sea of Thieves vibe that I think a lot of people who you know we're excited about seeing these but i felt that the combat was pretty lacking you know you're not going to go off the off the boat and fight other people in the ways that you usually would like you'll do the action of taking you know uh, taking over another ship um, but it won't be like, you're actually doing the fighting. There'll be some, it looks like from the way, way it was shown is that there'll be some stat based things that will determine if you have um, success versus not, but those elements are kind of cool. I like the fact that you're doing a lot of this management within this game and how that is going to help to play along in terms of, you know. How you build your ship, how do you make your your crew better? You know, how are you doing all that stuff? I think the mutiny stuff was really interesting. They showed some of it in the um uh in the walkthrough. They showed some of the shipbuilding stuff, they showed some of the you know, how do you get more people in your crew? All of those things did really feel interesting in a way that I didn't expect for when this game was gonna be reintroduced to the community for it to actually kind of land in that way. So I am really excited for what this game is going to wind up being. Fell off the map for a little bit. I'm now back on the train about, you know, poking the folks from Ubisoft to see like, Hey, can we get more coverage of this? Can we be a part of some of this stuff? Cause I'm really excited for where it, Uh, can go and where it seems to be going. So, you know, if you're excited about this stuff, you know, put comments in in the chat here and on YouTube when this goes up to YouTube. But like, I wanna hear if people are really excited about this game as much as I am. Um, The next game that we're gonna talk about was shown at the NACON conference. And it is a surprise game that I did not see coming. It is a Robocop game that is going to be coming out called Robocop Rogue City first of all y'all don't understand how much I love Robocop I am a huge fan it's the only cop I like <laughs> that cop and the black cop from cops the 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 the, the cartoon way back in the day in the, in the 80s and 90s that was the only other cop that I liked uh but it was but it's cool to be able to see. What this might also be, well, it's so early. We don't know yet. We don't really know a lot, but it does have a lot of the things you want from a RoboCop game. It has that, you know, early, late 80s, early 90s kind of aesthetic around some of the CRT stuff they do with the screens. And, you know, RoboCop, I'm sure is going to have all of his classic lines. Peter Weller is going to be the face of RoboCop in this game. Shout out to Peter Weller, who's going to come back for his iconic performance in this thing. It's coming out in June of next year. It's going to be on Steam and PS5. Uh, it's going to be on everything. It looks like it's going to be on all, all the, all the podcasts. I'm um, not the podcast. All the platforms, I should say. Um, and again, it's hard to know what this game can be, what this game might be. Yet it's, uh, you know, who knows? It could be something that's really special. It could be something that's not that special. But it feels like they are going to potentially nail some of the stuff that you want from a RoboCop game uh jay martin says shout out to detroit yo shout out to detroit um it makes me feel like and and i'm hoping looks like a first person shooter looks like a game in which you know again you're going to be doing the the uphold the law bitch you're going to be going through the prime directives all those kinds of things i wonder if we're going to have other Cameos or facsimiles of some of the fe- some of the folks that we saw from the older games. Now, because we live in the digital age, <clears throat> I could see them pulling in digital versions of some of the old baddies that we saw. The guy who got you know crushed by you know the acid the acid barrel, and he turns out to be a mush dude. Um, you know, we see any of the other people who are in that space. Some of those folks are no longer with us, but it would be kind of cool to see you know, them bring that back in this way. Um, there was a really f- interesting layer of the conversation that happened, uh, on Twitter where Arthur Gies shout out to Arthur Gies, um, had a, had a gripe about the way the gun sounded in the trailer. And I have to say, like, go listen to the trailer. Cause it didn't sound as chunky and as iconic as that gun, that gun, like, there, It's very rare to have, like, a weapon be super iconic. Like, I think things like lightsabers are in that space. Like, you know, the the sword of Thundera is a, is, a, is a thing in that space. Like, you know, there are certain weapons that have, like, Excalibur, Thor's hammer. Like, those things have their own space in that they live. And weirdly, I think Robocop's pistol is also one of those things someone in chat said the lancer in gears maybe i mean chainsaw chainsaw uh guns are kind of you know a thing that might be in that echelon too of like uh, iconic and classic things but robocop's gun sounds a certain way and if you don't get that sound right then that's not going to be great um nakon you know i haven't really tapped into a lot of the the games that they've made over the years but they're making a RoboCop game and they're making a, a Terminator game that's gonna be a survival game, which is also really, really interesting to see how they translate that into a into a space that we're gonna care about. Like I think RoboCop, the newest RoboCop version was bad. No one likes that RoboCop. That is like a uh, cheap Bodega RoboCop. That's like the RoboCop that you got on the side, right when you're trying to get a bag of chips and, and a quarter water, and then you see like fake RoboCop over there, and you're like, fake RoboCop over there? I don't think that you're the actual RoboCop because your armor is green. Why is your armor green, fake RoboCop? And he's like, I protect the lizzle. And then you're like, no, you're supposed to say, I, 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 I protect the law. I, I, I no, I, you, you can't, no, that's wrong. A bad, bad fake green RoboCop. You are a fake dude. Like you, you're not the guy. That's not true. That's not you, fake Robocop. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they how they get around some of that stuff. How much of the IP they've actually gotten, you know, uh, um, connected to. How much stuff is kind of like *RoboCop* in a fake world, or is it the *RoboCop* world and he's actually like digging in, um, into that stuff. Like you, you know, they have the ed two hundred nine in there. All that stuff is in there. So hoping that they really nail that because that's going to be, you know, really important to be able to make sure that that game actually does well in a way that actually matters and is is really going to pull it through in a way that makes sense so excited for a robocop game! that's going to be pretty awesome and dope and i'm excited to see where that goes because who the hell knows what could this be if it's good we can get more robocop games we can get more stuff that's expanding those universes so i'm very very hyped for that uh, last story of the show for the four one one is all about my man, my man, my myth, the legend, the best player, the goat, Michael Jordan is coming back to NBA Two K twenty three, and they are bringing back the mode where you are living through some of the biggest games of. His career. I am very excited for this. The the guy who has ruined my childhood as a Knicks fan is now getting a return to form in this game, NBA 2K23. Even in a really interesting way, it's like looking at this screenshot. Again, if you're watching on twitch.tv slash spawn on me or youtube.com slash on me, you can see this. Um, But it's kind of amazing to be able to see MJ do his thing in this game. And now they've gotten to a technology point where it's just going to look really good. Like MJ in 2K, what was it? 2K11? Or was it 2K12? It was 2K11. So it's been god almost 11 12 years 10 plus years since we've had mj on the cover or in the game in that way i mean he's been in the game but he's not been you know the cover cover athlete and now we're almost a decade later and the technology has gotten so much better that even when i look at the the screenshot it looks just like mj it is so dope that we've gotten to this space to be able to do this kind of stuff alongside mj and this in this mode that is revisiting some of the biggest games of his career like i'm hoping again that they do the visual effects and the the commentator effects and stuff like that that where they kind of pulled it in from the 90s and and, and late 80s of, of all of that stuff um it, I'm trying to think now because I think they did like the flu game. They did a couple of other games in that space that that might be in there too. That uh, that I don't know if those I forget if those were in Two K Eleven. I got to re-download Two K Eleven to go see what those those were. But I want to see what the, the the new new modes are going to be. The new uh, memories are going to be for for MJ in this part of the game. Alongside MJ and MK2, I'm sorry, in MK223, in 2K23, we have a bunch of different covers this year. Uh, we also have Devin Booker is 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 on one of the covers of the game. We have Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, who are also going to be on, on a cover for the game. I, you know, one of the conversations that I had on Twitter that people were a little bit upset about was I was like, I don't know if Devin Booker deserves a cover yet, and somebody humbled me in a, in a reasonable way. They weren't be, they weren't mad about it or they weren't mean about it, but they were like, "Well, how do you get mad at Devin Booker being on the cover when Luka Doncic was on the cover in the previous game?" And I was like, "Okay, that's a reasonable point." Like you know not everyone who has graced the cover has been you know a champion or has won a bunch of games or stuff like that they've been hot for a moment and then that moment where they were hot felt like that was the thing that thrust them into being on the cover the weird thing is luca had a really good season when he got on to the to the the cover and de- but he didn't get like I don't know. Did he get bumped in the first round, too? Because, like, the Suns did a fairly good job this year of playing, but they didn't do well in the playoffs. I I don't know. I feel – I don't know. Like, you know, uh, Monkey D. Willie in the chat says, Tatum could have been the cover. Yeah, like, Tatum could have definitely been on the cover. Like, got to the finals, did all that stuff. The thing, though, was, like, I don't think – like – and I'm happy oh that's a really it's a really good point Tatum not being on the cover like I think Tatum Jason Tatum and clip this Jason Tatum would have to win an NBA championship to get on the NBA 2K cover and the reason I think that is because well oh shit that doesn't even work because like the thing that I was going to say was the folks who have made the cover have had some kind of swag, like some kind of swag and Devin Booker has no swag. Um, Tatum, but he got, but he got the cover. So like Tatum, I think he has no swag. So that's the reason why I don't think he would ever get a cover. Kawhi Leonard never got a cover because he has negative swag. So like, even if they did that stuff, it, it's like, do I want those? Like, do I want those folks to be on the cover so that I can like trot them out in a way? Like, I think, I think, I think, wait, hold cause Dame got it covered, right? Dame Lillard 2k, right? Did, did, did he get did he get a cover? I thought he got a cover. He did. He got 2K21. So Dame Lillard got a cover, right? Uh, He got 2K21. He was on the cover of that game. Dame as a person, and this is as me and Dame, come on the show. Please come on someone on me. I'm going to say this out of love. Dame as a person is swaggerless. But Dame as a rapper is fire. Like Dame as an MC is probably the best MC in the league as a rapper, but when you see him do press conferences and when you see him do commercials, and you see him do things where he has to like talk to people, he doesn't have swag. He has no swag. So it's a hard, it makes me really, I'd love to know what is the process for being the cover athlete for a 2K game at this point, besides having a really monumental season. Dame on the end of his season that he got that cover, was really getting into his own he was really coming out as the superstar that we see him as today booker is at the precipice of that because he's had a couple of really good seasons but they haven't really translated into any playoff success there's a lot of basketball to talk about in that conversation we're not going to do it on this show you know fanbite bring back corner three um but there's a lot of conversations about like, how do you get to that space where you can make that leap can make that jump as to to being a cover athlete. And now working through all of that stuff in my mind, I kind of don't know. I kind of don't know what it, what it takes to really get into that space to really be that person, to be able to do it. Like Donna Tarasi and Sue bird. Like I get it. They are the best at what they do. In the women's game like they are the top of that game they are the ambassadors of that game so they deserve a cover for that kind of stuff mj is mj so whatever devin is going to be an interesting thing like i don't think people are going to rush out to go get the, the the booker cover for the 2k game I, I just don't think so it's an interesting space but um Lots of stuff to think about. Drop your comments below in the chat and and in and, and in the YouTube video because I think that's going to be, I want to hear what people are thinking about in terms of that too. Like what does it take to get into that spot? Anyway, we got uh, what we've been playing after this. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and talk about what we've been playing and also talk about who we're inviting to the cookout for this episode of Spawn on Me. Thank you so much for being here. Episode 441 of the Spawn on Me podcast is going. We're going to take a three minute ad break for all our friends over on Twitch. So please, if you do not Want to get the ads please subscribe to the show uh be able to do that uh in about three minutes we'll be right back after this
1: hey brocago merrick k here from fanbyte did you know that spot on me as a part of the fanbyte podcast network We produce a ton of other great shows like Channel F, a podcast where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something. (laughs) That would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the listing says Bung Doctor V64. (laughs) And take your questions by the best jokers. Labars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech?
2: Gundam Gusion Rebake has a really good... Oh wait, give, me, sorry. give me that one more time. Gundam Gusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam
1: <laughs> Gusion. I personally guarantee that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbuy.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause jokification.
0: This week's show, we are talking about what we have been playing and I have been playing a lot of stuff. I've been playing many, many things. I have been playing lots of different games. I have been rocking a whole bunch of stuff and now I got to find out where that went. Um, playing lots of different things in the space. Um, and the thing I've been playing the most has been Exo Primal's Network Test. It has been ridiculously fun. Yo, a game that I did not see coming that is now at the top of my anticipated list. Again, there's a new video out on our Spawn of Me YouTube channel. That is, t- that is literally me showing you a full match of exo primal. Um, let me run through what it is really quick. It's, it's a, it's a weird mix and match. We got a chance to see this during the state of play from Sony. Um, and everybody was like, well, what the hell is, this? is this dino crisis? Is this the new, a new dino crisis game coming from Capcom? And it kind of is, but it isn't. And what the, and what makes it cool is. It is a PvP, no, I'm sorry, it is a PvE PvP game. So it's a PvE (laughs) V P game where you have two teams, at least this mode, this mode that that, that I'm showing off here if you're watching the, the live show, is one in which you have two teams, you're in these mechs, There's a couple of different mechs. They let us play with, I think, three of the kinds that you can play with. I think there's about six or seven different ones. Each one of these maps is being overrun by dinosaurs. And these dinosaurs are coming to you in waves. So think of it as something akin to like an Earth Defense Force kind of game. All these dinosaurs are coming at you and they have variations on the dinosaurs, right? They have raptors who kind of come in and crowd you and and bum rush you, kind of try to overwhelm you with numbers. Then they have ones that are called snipers and the snipers will pop these weird little bubbles above their head and they will like, the bubbles will pop and then those bubbles that pop, they will shoot directly at you. Um, And you know, the, the class that I was using in the the, the playtest, the first class was um, a kind of like tank character. So I'm like, have a big shield, like you would see in Overwatch with, with uh, uh, Reinhardt. Uh, you're keeping damage away from your teammates. You're knocking folks away. You're stunning folks in that way. And while you're playing on your end of the map, a whole other team of four people or uh, five people are playing on their side of the map and they're doing the same exact thing that you're doing in terms of, you know, trying to clear the waves, get to the next part of the map and it does it in these segments. So you're going from one segment to another segment to another. And in between those segments, they will sometimes be like in the third part of the, you know, six parts of the, the entire map, you'll go from, um just clearing waves to oh there's a ship that you have to defend and the dinosaurs are trying to break it so the dinosaurs will try to rush at you you're defending the ship making sure it doesn't get damaged and that it doesn't break and doesn't die so the thing that's cool about that is that you're racing the other team. You're not only just shooting the dinosaurs and trying not to die and get a good score for your points, but you're literally in a race between your part of your team and the other team. So what happens is when you get to the end of a section, this AI character that that is persistent, Um, and you see them in the beginning of the game, right when you spawn in, uh, when you're picking your teams, when you're matchmaking, they will say, the other team is behind or you are doing this task faster than the other team. And it's dope because what it means is like, you have this constant push to be like, yo, we can beat the other team to this section to get to this other thing. And you'll see, you know, that there'll be these surprises that'll happen during parts of the, the match where usually the team that is behind will have the ability to spawn something on your side of the map that's supposed to keep you from progressing. In the case of a game like this, it's a dinosaur. And in the case of what we played during the network test, one of the dinosaurs that comes to try to mess with you is a triceratops. So literally the other team is spawning a triceratops to try to take you out. During your race to get to the end of the match. What's wild is there is a certain power that you can get. I forget if I forget how it wind up spawning, but the way you wind up pulling it in is you get to a certain spot, you get a certain amount of points, you get a certain amount of energy, and you know I could be saying this wrong, but the the end result was we basically could take a you know, a dinosaur that we recruit and our, our recruit was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And we basically can take that T-Rex, summon it, control it, and then control that T-Rex to go on the other end of the map and go mess with the other folks who are on the other team. Yo, it is chaotic. I thought it was gonna be easy and weird and kind of stupid and boring it is some of the most fun that I've had in a very long time. It feeds that co-op level stuff. It feeds that competition layer. It feeds that you're in a race against the clock and a race against the other team layer. You have to really play smart. And the cool thing about it is when you pick a mech, to 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 be in the in the game in that round you're not just stuck with the one mech that you picked what's dope is you can change your mech out at any time in the round so you're like oh we don't have a tank oh because everybody went to be more offensive oh let me swap out of my offensive thing and go be a tank oh there's a um There's a healer class. Oh, we have no healers. Let me go switch to be a healer. Oh, we have one character who's like, is really good at kind of running across the field, you know, putting up some defenses who you can put up these walls that you can shoot through, but the animals can't get through and the other teams can't get through. Oh, let me do that. There are so many ways that you can on the fly change your tactics in the way that you play It just makes it so that all those things that used to piss you off when you would play in team-based games like this of like, oh, that person took my character, I'm really good at it, and now I'm not good at the other character. You can have multiple versions of the same class on your team, and that makes it so dope. You can do so many fun things in this game. The kicker is... So there's, uh, there's two, there's two basically like, gu- uh, guide the thing moments. So there's like the first one, um, is, you know, guarding the ship that I just talked about the last section that you wind up going to is like an escort mission. So there's this cube that comes up, you have to escort the cube to this section on the map. Um, the more people who are around the cube at the time, the faster it goes. Allah, uh, destiny Allah, um, Overwatch, uh, cause you're basically on the payload and, um, you're moving together into the space and trying to do, try to move this payload dinosaurs are coming. The other team is spawning other things to try to kill you. You're doing all this stuff and. At the end of that part of the section, both teams come to the middle of the map and you fight it out at the end of the round. It is one of the dopest things on the planet because you're like, oh, you can see them. You can see the progress that they're in. You can see some of that stuff, but you can't really do anything. But at the end, you wind up fighting each other to get your cube into the spot first. Um, and you can literally go fight them to try to keep their cube from getting into the spot. So you can def- you can kill them, or you can blow up the cube. So I had one scenario that I w- that I was playing in yesterday and it was dope. The first round that we see that that you're watching here had a really good team, people were smart. Like you can tell people really played in a a way that let people know that they were like used to playing co-op games, all that stuff. So we wrecked the other team. Like we played them really, really well, beat them up, got our cube into the spot. We win, game over. Second round, no one picks a tank. We had a lot of folks who were not picking the right classes for the moment. We were losing a lot. And if you miss on like the one section where you have to defend the ship and they blow up the ship, you have to start that whole section over again. So it means you're like, you're really far behind in the race because now the other team is either defended their ship and they're moving on to the next section and you can't do anything, but you have to do that section over again. So what wind up happening, which was really dope was Because at that point, I was like, oh, we're going to lose. Like, we're definitely going to lose. This is over. Why am I going to continue playing this round? This is dumb. I was cursing them out in my brain. I was like, yo, y'all suck. I hate y'all. You must like Paris's food. And I was mad. We get to the section where they beat that section before us. So they have successfully defended their ship. It then cuts... And says, all right, now, because they have done that part of the race, we're all going to do the cube section, which is the last part of the the match. It's nuts. We are running up against them. They are demolishing us in terms of doing all the stuff they need to do. We get to the end of the that section. And we go to... Um, the cube part and we're pushing our cubes and they're pushing their cube. And we're pushing. It's a back-and-forth thing Our team decides to just bum rush their team We decide that we are not gonna worry about moving our cube We're gonna try to make it as hard as possible for them to not move their cube And we're gonna try to play this as like a PvP match and just try to kill them We're doing that and I'm in the back. So I'm in the back playing a healer. I got everybody else playing offensive stuff I'm in the back playing a healer. So what I'm doing is, is I'm running up, healing my team, putting on an AOE heal, doing some other heals, and then I'm running back to the cube so I can start to incrementally move it up as small as I can while helping my team go and kill the other team so they can't move their cube up. They're playing in an offensive space and they're not around their cube and they're not pushing anybody back and they're dying enough that they can't move their cube up. All I have to say, we missed the ship part three times. We had three times where we failed that part of the match and they were way ahead of us. We successfully won that match because we came back. I was pushing forward and pulling back, pushing forward and pulling back. And we wind up still winning that match after I swore we were going to lose. That moment told me that this game is really balanced. That told me that the the, the game, the, the folks from Capcom really have thought about multiple scenarios for the way that you win and you lose. It also made me feel like if you have a smart team that's really paying attention and really is communicating and mind you, none of us were on comms. None of us were on mic, none of that stuff. But I saw what they were doing and I was like, oh, I could actually help support them if I go heal them, let them kill people while I try to pull the the, the, the payload forward. And that moment sold me on the game. That was the moment that I was like, this is a game that I wanna find people to play with. That's a game that I wanna spend time with. This is a game that I know is gonna be really, really good because of that kind of balancing and the fact that you're not really out of it if you play smart. I love games that you can outwit your opponent even when you feel like you're, you're not gonna win. Games like that are the things that make me really excited because it tells me that all you really need is to play smart. I love games where you can play smart and this is a game where you can play smart. Looks really good on the RE engine the the humor in the game is actually really interesting too because it feels like they have this tongue-in-cheek thing that they're doing about the dinosaurs being in there you know the training mission that you do in the beginning of the game is really funny and smart really well done they have these like news snippets about you know you being a recruit it feels a little bit like starship starship troopers in that way which i am a huge fan of i i am again go watch the video on our youtube channel it is up right now. Uh, it is now moved into the space where this game is definitely one of the, the, the games that is very high on my list, uh, for games that I'm very excited for moving forward into, uh, you know, when this game is going to wind up dropping shout out to Capcom for pulling this out of the hat and making a game that has gotten me really hyped and has come out of nowhere. Um, so shout out to primal. I'm I'm I think the network test is still going. I have to double check. Uh I'm gonna try to stream it the next time it comes up because they're gonna be doing a couple more. Uh, but I would love for you to all check this out uh when it drops. Last game of the show for what we've been playing is Rumbleverse from our wonderful friends over at Iron Galaxy. They have made a wrestling battle royale, and it is So good. I got a chance to play this a while ago. Uh, it was me and a whole bunch of other streamers. Some folks you might've known like Dr. Lupo and CNN third and, you know, Katana prime and, you know, all these other folks, we were playing really early to go get a check uh, and see like what the gauge was for this game. Um, and then they had a couple of network tests and then they just had their most recent and last one, uh, this past weekend and this is like one of the this is like such a fun and smart interesting and just really well made game i can tell already that if people give this game a chance they're going to have a blast playing it it is hectic it is wild it really digs into the the fun kind of fortnite visual aesthetic while also doing some really interesting and, and kind of compelling and fun things in terms of Uh, The way that you play and the systems that kind of go along with it, the the kind of um, rock, paper, scissors level of the way you battle in this game is the thing that really makes it go from, hey, this thing looks kind of fun and goofy to, oh, no, there's strategy here. Oh, no, there's tactics you can employ. Oh, no, you can be good at this in a way that you can't be as good in a shooter battle Royale as you can in this because there are certain things in there that are just like OP, right? So like, oh, I didn't get a good drop. Oh, I didn't get a good weapon. Oh, this weapon's permutation. Is not the one that I like? Oh, I have to build. Oh, I have to do like, there's so many different things if you're talking about Fortnite, but if I'm talking about like most battle Royale games where you have to go loot and shoot. That loot and shoot part can work to your benefit or work to your detriment. Sometimes it's just not in your favor to, to to have the things that you wanted to get to be able to feel like you can be competitive in that game. Rumbleverse changes that because the moves are kind of universal. Like you can there are different tiers of certain moves, and certain moves do feel better than others. Like there are some that have become my go-to moves. Um and and some that i just hate when i was like oh that that's the one that i got damn it so basically you open up a crate you read a book and you learn a move um and when you learn that move that then becomes a part of your move set uh you get two uh moves that you have uh, that you can use as your kind of super moves and you have one that's like a grab Uh, That is a a dedicated grab called a vicious move. And then you have your normal uh, uh, Slaps and 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 punches and stuff. Uh, Shout out to sweaty magic. I also believe in love. Thank you for being here Um, and The thing that I've learned over the past couple of weekend Excuse me a couple of weekends has been This is a game that is not about rushing into a fight. This game is more about how can I juke you into messing up so that I can counter you and snatch you up? This is a battle royale that feels more like a fighting game than it does like a battle royale. And that is really interesting because it then becomes about tactics. It then becomes about, um, again, playing smart. It then becomes about, you know the, the idea of like how do you use height in a game like this the, you know check out my twitter there's a clip that i got of me literally jumping off a 17 story building and hitting somebody with an elbow drop for like 900 damage and knocking them out it you're thinking about the game in a lot of different ways and the ways that you have to think about your tactics not only move from your player uh, kit in the moves that you pick, but how you get these buffs on the map yeah, there are three different uh, uh, kinds of statistics that you would have or, or kind of a uh, I'm not gonna say it, it's kind of stats basically. So it's like How much more damage can you do you get a damage buff you, damage buff you get a health health buff or you get a stamina buff Stamina is super super important because it's how you kind of get away from fights uh, You can run away from those um, you know, if you get your shield, you can charge it up and, and then, you know, get more of your shield back Of course, the more damage you can do the better and your st- and your health. Of course, is more damage you can take What I didn't know until yesterday because I wasn't really paying attention to it was There's a meter on the bottom of the screen and if you get too many of a thing or you fill out that meter You just can't take any more buffs Which is smart Um, but it changed the way I played the game because at a certain point I was like, oh, I'm doing this wrong because I'm getting whatever I see and I'm taking it. So I'm like, oh, there was a health buff. Let me just take it. Oh, there's a, a, a stamina buff. Let me just take it. And I wind up finding out that if you balance that out, you can basically have a couple different kinds of a fighter based on what things you pick up during the match. So you're like, oh, I want someone who's really tanky. I'm going to pick nothing but health up. Oh, I want someone who's going to be able to run away from fights and get away really quickly. Oh, let me kind of index higher on stamina. Oh, I want to make sure that if I grab somebody and do a move, they're going to get bombed real hard and they're going to get hit with a whole bunch of uh, damage. Oh, let me do the, 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 the damage buff change the entire way that you think about playing that game because then you're now thinking about it from a tactical perspective. You're thinking about it from a way in which you're balancing out your character to be the most comprehensive or or kind of, you know, uh do the most damage or do, or, or or kind of be in the way that you want to play it the most. Super fun and super dope. I love Rumbleverse. I am so excited for that game to come out. We're, we're trying to find a way to get them on the show for an episode of something epic. Cause it'll be in the Epic store. Go hit us up and use our Epic code uh, spawn on me at checkout in the Epic game store. Cause we're an Epic partner. So do that. That's really good. That helps out Burkago, but this game is fun. This game is super cool. I love that. They're digging into the, to the, um, uh wrestling aesthetic. I love that they are gone really wacky with the with the art style. I love that there are multiple kinds of body shapes and and, and and all those things in there. Like those things are really great. Um I love the fact that those are in that in that in that space too. I love the fact that there are also so many different kinds of Um, you know, of, of, of characters and, and kits and costumes and, and all that stuff. So your character is going to look very different than everybody else's. I know they're going to have a battle pass. So that's also going to make it really cool to be able to get really interesting ways your character is going to look, man, this game is good. This game is so dope. And I think that people are going to front on it because they're like, Oh, this looks like Fortnite," And they're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know if I want it. All I know is I choke slammed a person from the ground, no, from the top of a building onto a car, which gives me an extra bounce. If you, you know, cause you can bounce off cars. You can basically throw people off cars. Uh, you can like bounce them off them to do more damage. You can splat them up against walls to do combos. There's so many things that are in this game. You know, I think people who are the ones who are really going to take the time to learn the tactics going to be really good, and the folks who are just casual about it, they're going to also be good, but they won't be as good. And the, this thing I love too is like this game is something that casual fans can play and still be good at and have fun with. So good, so good. So we're trying to get the folks from Rumbleverse on, the folks from Iron, Iron Galaxy to come on the show to talk about it at some point. I'm dying to play this thing. If they have some like. Rumble Invitational. I think some streamer did one the other night because they, they opened up private matches and it was dope to watch that thing. Like if there's a way to be like, spawn on me, get some shirt in there, or they do a Kakabi wear shirt in the game. Oh, I'll be so fire to be able to do some content creator stuff like the way that Fortnite is doing. I would do whatever I need to do to get into that program to make that to make that happen. Because I want Burkago to have some dope stuff that they can rep all of us with. Um, before we get a body here, um, and thank you to everybody who's been listening to the show here on twitch.tv slash spot on me and everybody else who's listening in audio form and everywhere else. Mass love to everybody who's been hanging. Uh, we're going to end out the show with, with, a um, a little trip back out to the cookout. On this week's episode of the cookout, I'm going to talk to you about someone who I really enjoy. Someone who has been in my life for not super long, um, you know, probably maybe like four or five years, I think at this point, um, and You know, this week has been really interesting in terms of how I've been feeling about my work, about Spawn on Me, about the growth of the show or sometimes lack of growth in the show. You know, we've missed some weeks in terms of shows being out um, because it's just like I've just been tired from trying to go to work and do all this other stuff. And life just gets in the way sometimes when you're trying to be a content creator. Um, But I, I, I remember seeing my friend who we're showing on the, on the, on the screen right now, his name is John Brents. Um, he works for Twitch. Um, we met some years ago, uh, when they had their first, um, creator ambassador summit and John has changed my life in so many different ways. And I want to give them their flowers today, uh, because John has started this fantastic new podcast called "Start Start with You," and he is just brilliant. And, and what I say by he has changed my life in a in a real way. One of the things that we learned during that during that process during that content creator summit was a really dope. It um, was a really dope. Um, well, activity that we did where the premise was about building your brand, was about talking about your brand, was about understanding what your elevator pitch was about who you are as a creator and what you make in the space. So we sat down for like an hour. He went through a lot of the conversations about how he's helped all of these uh, these content creators become, you know, well-known and he's, you know, had all the, he has so many different strategies he's learned over the years. I've been worked with so many folks and he was really talking to us about the ethos of our brand, the ethos of what we do and the ethos of who we are as creators. And one of the things that stuck with me is he made me learn how to pitch myself. He made me learn to sit down with all of the stuff that you see. When people are like, Yo, Ka, your branding is really tight. How did you do that? Oh, okay, your, your public speaking stuff is really good. How did you start that? Oh, okay, how did you learn how to pitch yourself? So then when people are like, oh, we're working with these folks now, or we've gotten brand support from other people, how did you learn how to do that? And in that hour, he broke me down and built me up in a way that I've never had before from being a creative. I went, I left that seminar and didn't have all the pieces right i left that seminar still confused and still a little bit scared to be able to like learn how to tell people what i do in a way that felt confident in a way that felt smart in a way that felt pointed in a way that felt empowered and over the years john and i have become friends john is 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 continuing to work with so many creators um and john has been Blossoming throughout his career, who is someone who has had some pretty big successes, and then is, is, is you know continuing to go down his journey in that space, and I, I just have to give John props because he goes as Kawhi guy. That's the reason why Kawhi guy is on is on the uh, on on his lower third. But the reason I bring up John today is because I was feeling really down this week about missing shows or not putting out YouTube content, or if you're a creator, not getting into the mix, you know, I want to be a host. I want to be Aaron Ashley Simon. I want to be Paris Lily. I want to be the folks who are doing these things on the biggest of stages. And sometimes you don't get there yet. Sometimes it's not your time, Right. And you take, that, you take that idea sometimes and you, pu- you apply that to yourself as like, am I doing something wrong? Am I not connecting with my audience? Our audience here at Spawn of Me is very, very quiet. You know, we have 20 folks here in chat tonight, which is great, which is fantastic. Um, he has a really great uh, YouTube short about like what audience size means in that way and why you should think about it in a different way. Um, but if, if that stuff doesn't, mess with you you're also you know trying to figure out good ways to be competitive in a really competitive space so I heard John do his show the other day I sat in his chat he was talking he was just vibing out he had gone to therapy that day and was sharing some learnings and had this really just beautiful amazingly kind chat excuse me with his audience about things he was thinking about things he was thinking about in terms of his content, things he was thinking about in terms of his life. He was just thinking about in terms of how to connect with the world around him. And it was such a beautiful moment. It was one of those things that, like, go back and if you can, you know, it's one of the most recent VODs on his Twitch channel. Um, And I would say everyone needs to watch that. It wasn't just folks of you who are created or folks like Dim that we talked about earlier in the show who might be going through a rough time. But it was a moment in which you see someone who is so brilliant, so amazing at what they do, so giving of his time and of his knowledge, be able to share that with all these other folks in the world. It was beautiful to see that quiet kind of moment, and those moments of introspection, and those moments of humility, and those moments of reflection, come through on his stream the other day. That it made me want to give him some flowers today, um, as as the person who is coming to the cookout um, for this week's uh, part of Spawn on Me, and I, and, I, and I want to run the audio that's playing um, for this video because I want that to be the last thing that we leave you with for this episode. Um, because I think it really fits, I think it's really smart, I think it really pulls home why we all do this, why this is important and why this is a thing in which we should really be paying attention to not only who we are as creators and why we are the people we are, but also hopefully this will give you something to think about if you're on that journey, you're not feeling like you're putting your best foot forward or you're feeling down, you're feeling behind, you're feeling not seen, in the ways that you hope to be seen as a creator or as a human or as one of those people. So we're going to end out this episode of spawn on me with the wise words of John Brent's. I'm going to give you all some love. I'm going to also say really quickly before we go shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, Shadosha chilling in the chat, gave out five subs, massive love to you. uh, Who's also a brilliant person in this space. We got to get, we got to get the fam on the show very soon to talk about his experiences in the fighting game community and all that kind of stuff. Cause he's dope. But before we go, I want to say, I love y'all. Thank you so much for being here with me this week and every week. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff that's coming up um, very, very soon around what we're trying to do in the space uh, for spawnies and other things that are happening. Uh, and, and there's a lot of goodness coming for all of you. And you are all a part of that goodness uh, for here. So, um, we're going to end out on the words of, of John, um, and we're going to get up out of here for this episode of spawn to Me. much love to you expect the show tomorrow, much love for the hype train that just came through here on Twitch and John, take it away.
2: Fourth, you're more than the number of views you receive. Once again, most of these services are algorithm driven. You don't have any control ultimately over your audience distribution, aside from the relationships with which you form directly with your community. That's why I personally celebrate Twitch, because I have an opportunity to connect with my community. And from what I understand, I know many of my audience members are actually watching me right now who catch me in my regular broadcasts. Celebrate those personal connections versus the total aggregate number. And finally, and this is something that can get us caught into a moment of despair at times. It can get us really downtrodden. You are more than somebody else's opinion. Separate from the fact of if a person is coming into your space and they're saying, Oh, I much prefer you do this or do that, it's always coming down to your decision that drives it forward. There's a great creator, Brene Brown. I don't know if any of you have ever happened to read. Okay, there we go. We got some people who are really excited by her. What she does is she keeps in her wallet a list of names of people she truly respects that if they were to give her feedback, that's who she values, that's who she listens to. For myself, that is my community on Twitch. If they say, I preferred that show, or I saw you are really enjoying it, I trust them because they are my direct supporters. If a lurker or a random passerby says, "Uh, don't like your hair color, okay. You don't have to like my hair color because you're not my audience. So separate those opinions that you hear in the space. So take these to heart as we go. One of my favorite comedians of all time, Steve Martin. Obviously very well established, started as a magician, working at Disneyland and worked his way through the circuit. And a lot of times when comedians walk up to him, they say, well, how did you establish yourself? How do you get a manager? How do you get an agent? How do you find success? And he always responds to it with, be so good, they can't ignore you. There's a reason why he'd wear a white suit on stage in his early career. Nobody else was. Everybody else was wearing different outfits. He wanted to stand out. He wanted to present himself in an aesthetic that commanded attention. Prince, David Bowie, other folks have this it factor that when you see them perform, you know they're so in tune with their craft that they can't separate from it and you can't separate from them. So when you go to create, don't roll out of bed wearing your casual wear or whatever, own yourself, establish yourself. What is that presence that you want to bring to the space and create that together?